The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Hey, nerds, discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 2 tonight. Derek and myself. Mike, how are you doing, Derek? I'm all right. Tired. Uh, it's been a long week. Yeah, and I've only worked two days this week so far, and I know exactly how you feel. That's right. I've only worked three, but still. I had a shift that didn't get out of work until two o'clock this morning. Eesh. Yeah. Um, check out the homepage, WookieRadio.net. Support our affiliates like Biddy Boomers. Use code WeebyGeeks for 10% off your purchase of great Bluetooth speakers from Biddy Boomers. They just introduced Squid Game Biddy Boomers today as we're recording. So it looks those look interesting. Um, also, too, check out our friends over at Rebel Sabers. Use code Wookie for 10% off your purchase there. Uh, some great lightsabers there. And our friends over at Red Flag Workshop. Use code SMUGGLER3 for 25% off all your fun Star Wars, National Park, and National Park Ranger patches from Red Flag Workshop. So speaking of patches, speaking of other great stuff, um, Derek, remember the Sabacc deck that we got, or I got you guys a couple years ago? I do. I have the gentleman who created the Outer Rim Sabacc League on Facebook. We have hmm. Jeremy and Stefan on the sh- on the Calm channels with us. How you guys doing? Good, Smuggers. How you doing? Doing really well. Good. So, how? Actually, yeah, I'll go with this first. How did the Outer Rim Spock League come about? <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a great one. So, I'm Stefan, by the way, and uh, I'm the one who hosted our first event. It was back during the horrible days of COVID, uh, fall of 2020. Jeremy and I are both very extroverted outgoing guys and we were really yearning for some social interaction those things were still frowned upon so we decided that we would maybe do something outdoors um so we decided to host 
a game of Star Wars Poker, a.k.a. Sabacc, uh, all in costume, gave us an excuse to wear masks because there are a hundred different masks and or face wraps in Star Wars. Um, I happen to own a company making tents, and so I have big tents. I put one up in the backyard. Whenever we didn't have anything over our faces, we were able to distance, but otherwise our faces were covered, and we spent the evening playing space poker it was really fun and a week later jeremy said hey let's make this into a, a big deal and there we went yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and pretty much that uh, i'm jeremy by the way and uh those uh those games were pretty much the first time i'd ever really played sabak you know i think like a lot of people you know you pick it up when you're at galaxy's edge because you're like oh i've heard of it oh and it's under 20 bucks yeah man you know you get it and then you know finding the people who are willing to play it is the tough part Right. And, uh, you know, and we'd always we'd always been talking about, hey, this is something that we should do. And I think that just as we were getting all of our wheels going and, and getting ready to do it, then the stupid plague hit. And then we had, you know, and then it was just one of those things where we're just like, well, we still want to do it. We just had to wait long enough. And and uh, and now, you know, we just uh, we're, we're a platform for other people who find it the same way. You know, they. They got, you know, the uh, the Galaxy's Edge deck and they just they want to play it. And that's really what the group is about, you know, uh, connecting people, um, you know, that, you know, like you might you might think you're the only Star Wars person. And, you know, in the whole state to only find out that, like, your neighbor three houses down is also, you know, trying to find someone to play Sabacc. Those are the lucky folk. And, you know, that's what we're doing, just bringing folk together for the uh, for some good old geeky Star Wars fun. Very cool. Um, now, not only are y'all running the site, y'all are also making Sabacc decks? I mean, there's a lot of people in the group that, uh, it, when it started out, there were a few folks kind of playing around. Folks like um, uh, Hondo Supply was yep. a big early one. And then, uh, of course, um, um, oh my gosh, Mike and Emily over at um, Hyperspace. Hyperspace started doing things. And and so our group became a great place to kind of connect other people who who were looking to pick up something besides just the Galaxy's Edge deck. And, um, and you know, there were folks who were doing their own different things, and then we kind of became a collection of, hey, you want to make credits? There are people here who would love a bunch of metal credits to play with. Or um, Jeremy has started doing some really cool things through his special effects studio of, you know, droids that, count what round you're on and we are in the process of of working up our own um outer rim sabacc league deck which i think should be dropping soon uh credits things like that so yeah we we try to be pretty open to anybody who wants to say hey i've got this cool thing that the community might like uh drop it here and guaranteed someone's going to want to drop some money on it yeah and that's that's one of those things that, that we're trying to do you know it's like so there's a bunch of, uh, you know, um, people that are making the decks. Like, you can go online, you can find the cards, you can print them out yourself, you can make them, um, you know, and that's awesome. You know, Mike and Emily are big suppliers. Um, Merlin uh, supplies yeah, things, too. Uh, there is uh, um, there's a company, Lucky Silop, or uh, what was it, Cloud All. Um, they Cloud had all. products that everybody liked, but... but they, uh, I'll go on the record to say they sucked and they didn't, uh, they weren't shipping them <laughs> to anybody. They're also out of Australia. So there's a big lag. 
Um, you know, apparently you needed to, to put in an order that was large enough that it would be a federal offense if they didn't fulfill it for them to really get it out there. Um, and so, you know, as people who are promoting the game, we just needed that that steady supply of decks. And the best way to do it is just to, to come up with our own decks so we can just be like, you know, and it's always bridging the gap. You know, so you've got like, uh, you know, the, the shift deck that they sell that's got all the numbers, yep. you know, all the English numbers, one through ten. And then you've got, you know, the Goxy's Edge, which, you know, doesn't have, you know, half the cards don't have any numbers on them. So we need to try to figure out, like, you know, what can we do that's going to be easy for someone who doesn't know how to play Sabak and doesn't want to have to memorize, you know, you know, five different face cards and, you know, and then how, but how can we, the people who want to be like immersed, you know, and that's what we've kind of done, you know, with, with pips and stuff like that. So it's still pretty easy to figure out what the number of value of the card is. And another problem was, um, and, and I didn't even think about it until people started bringing it up. And, and my son, who's eight, brought it up, was that the Galaxy's Edge cards are green and red. And so he's a little bit colorblind, so he had a hard time telling the difference. Yeah. And so we wanted to create a deck that it's it's gold and it's and it's black, so it's much okay. easier to see. So it's it's been us, you know, listening to what the community is talking about, listening to what they want, and then trying to find something affordable that we can get into people's hands to spread the love and and have them apostolize, you know, about uh, you know how great Sabak is, and then have them spend all their kids' college money on buying credits and. All the other things that you know, yeah, that people right. tend to do, you know, they'd be like we're half like a Sabak support group, and the other half is is uh, a horrible influence to get you to spend way too much money on Sabak. Right. That's we got what you need. Yeah, got what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, first one's not even free, you know. So we're like the crappiest uh, drug dealers around. We're just <laughs> like, no, it's got, it's just gonna get more expensive from here, you know. The resin ones, yeah, they're cheap, but the metal ones, chink, chink, you know. You need thirty-two, by the way. <laughs> hey, would you like some spice? I've got your spice right here. Yep, yep. <laughs> now I, I'm somebody who I do. I have, um, of course, the the deck that Mike got me, but I have never actually played before. So, is this is your group friendly for people who have never played before to possibly learn how to play? Or yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, One of the things that go ahead. Well, one of the things that Stefan does is he runs a, uh, a list of cantinas. So what we decided is anybody who wants to host games, it, it, they set up what's called a cantina. Um, and they get to name it and stuff like that. So they get a little bit of ownership. And they you say, like, what planet it's on and the name of it and stuff. And some cantinas, like, are making their own money and decks and stuff like that. It's great. But hmm. it's a public list. And so, like, if you don't have anyone near you, um, you know, or, you know, you don't know anyone, you look up that list, you can find someone close by and they're always looking for new people, you know, and it's, and it's one of those games that's easy to learn, but hard to master. It's like poker. Like anyone can sit down and someone just goes, all right, you're trying to get go, oh, okay. And it's even easier than that. Cause it's like blackjack. You got a number that you're going for, <laughs> right. but then there's, you know, 19 different hands and stuff like that, that you can get. So it can be really tricky. But most of the time, I mean, like in our group, I mean, we just get together to dress up and play Star Wars and and just kind of geek out. And, you know, the game, it's awesome. 
but it's kind of secondary. And that's what we really try to do is just, you know, be that foot in the door for people that just want to share their geekdom with other people. And, and some places have it. So it's fully costumed other places that have it in a bar, you know, you can find any sort of group, you know, that's around. And if you can't find a group, start a group because there might be, you know, 20 people, you know, in your area that are all going, man, I wish there was a group, but no one's posting. And that first person to go, Oh, Hey, I'm going to set up a cantina, you know, who else is in say like Indiana. And then all of a sudden all these people are like, I'm in Indiana. I'm in Indiana. Right. Now they have a cantina and they're hosting games. That's the, that's the beauty of a group like ours. I mean, to that point, we have over 9,000 people now in the group, I think. No, no, no. Almost. Almost 2,000 people. Almost two. I keep doing this. You did it again. Last time, you're like, we have 9,000 people. I'm like, man, we must have gotten a really big group boost. What I meant to say was 9,000, 2,000. They're pretty close. Math is hard, you know. Luckily, Sabak doesn't have anything to do with math. It's common core. What I meant to say was 1,900 people. We have almost 1,900 people in the group. Um, But we only have... 40 cantinas. So that means there's there's a lot of people out there who haven't started their own group but are looking for one, right? And they go all over the country. Uh, we have cantinas in um, the UK, all across you know Australia, and uh, I think we have one in Japan or something like that now. Like they're all over the place, right? A couple up in Canada. They're all over the place. And peop- the idea being some of these people, as Jeremy said, they have like amazing setups. Jeremy has an entire cantina in his basement, wow. right? It's got cool <laughs> lighting. It's got great, like, this is a guy who does special effects for a living, right? So he's got a passed out Rodian in the corner who will <laughs> mumble at you if you come too close, right? You walk in the door and a droid just starts yelling the rules at you when you walk in. And then there are folks who are literally, like Jeremy said, they're holding a, a gathering in a bar, right? They're like, hey, we're going to be at this place on Saturday night. Come by. We've got decks. We'll show you how to play. And it's everywhere in between. And we have yet to find any of these groups who are not welcoming to new people. They're all willing to be like, hey, you've never played before. Come on by. I will take your fake money. Uh, happy to, to do that, you know, because you're not really playing with cash. Um, we do want to make it very clear. We are not a gambling organization, right? We don't actually right. involve the real money. Uh, some groups have a, hey, you know, it'd be nice if when you show up, give us like 10 or 20 bucks for the food we provided or whatever. But there's no like set. You have to buy in and you're going to go away with, you know, 100 bucks if you want right, to. Right. We, we don't endorse that because that would get us in a lot of trouble, not only with Disney, but just, you know, state laws and things. Um, but it's it's all fake and fun and, and everybody will welcome you, even if you're going to a, a, a game that's like, hey, we highly encourage you to show up in costume. You show up in a T-shirt and jeans. No one's going to turn you away. They're going to ha- sit you down. They're going to they're going to pour you, you know, some, uh, I don't know, Coruscant cooler, some kind of, you know, wonderful drink. And they're going to send you. Right, a fish, whatever they got on tap, they're going to throw it your way and they're going to say, hey, here's what the game is. It's a mix between poker and blackjack. It's not that hard. You're going to get the basics. And if you lose, who cares? You're going to have a fun night in Star Wars. And that's what we're all about. Yeah, it's. I think it's a. It's an unspoken um, expectation of someone posting a cantina is that you're posting it because you want strangers to show up. 
you know, either at your house or at the bar or something like that. You know, it's like you, if you want to have your own just kind of like private, you know, area, don't listen to the cantina, you know, because we're not telling people what they can and can't do. You know, you can do anything you want inside your house. You know, that's one of the great things about you know our society. But, you know, if you want to listen to the cantina, well, that's a, that's an open invitation to people, you know. Right. Well, I, I will say, I will confirm, as y'all were talking about it, 1,915 members. In there the, we go. Thank you for, for fact-checking me on my crazy idea that we somehow went to nine. I don't know where that came from. And you know, we've recently had to start blocking all these bots and spammers. Oh, yeah. So if I hadn't blocked those, we'd probably be at 9,000 right now. Just <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> right. And I just joined five different cantina Facebook pages that are in my yeah. area. And, and I think I don't remember how long I've been on the league site myself. I don't know if it tells me how long I've been a member. Well, you are, you are in Sabak central, Mike. The, oh yeah. Florida, Florida has its own league. Yeah. They've gone crazy, man. <laughs> they, they, they are just all in on it. So they've got like, like you said, like four or five different cantinas down there. They've got their own, League Facebook page. They're on fire. They're we've wonderful. Got, we've yeah. got a uh, a member that he was he was pretty active and he still is fairly active. Who's now working for the mouse in Batu, you know? And I'm always like, you know, Marquis, when are you doing the games? And he's like, Ah, I'm rescuing people from Kylo Ren. I can't run the games right now. And I'm like, <laughs> Come on, man! Come on! Loyalty. <laughs> so, Marquis, if you're listening, get those games going. <laughs> well, I will say I am a cast member yeah. as well. And um, I am one who has spent time on a certain ship. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I was, have both Jeremy and I, we've, we've been there. I've been twice. He's been once. So. Uh, I was there 47 days. I was part of uh, the launch team. Nice. Oh, I, so, I actually heard, I heard your interview with uh, Heroes of the House yes. about that. So. Yeah. Yeah, yep. 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 Uh, uh, love it. Uh, I know, like right now, I'm kind of like, well, sweetie, they said it's thirty percent off for Disney Visa card members. <laughs> so, right. So I brought. So I went uh, last August, and I brought my uh, my eight year old. He was seven then, which is just it was the perfect time. We had an amazing time, and uh, and you know, but it was just a me and him thing. And so telling my four year old, my four year old's like, Dad, when I'm seven, I'm gonna go right. I'm like, Yeah, you are right, dear. And she's like, I'm like, it would only be fair. You know, it's not fair if I bring, you know, the oldest and not him. My two year old daughter is like me, too. And I'm like, well, of course I have to bring you, too. (laughs) I mean, like, come on, I'm just trying to be a good dad. You know, it's like I make sacrifices for my family. (laughs) Yeah, I I was lucky. I got to go over Life Day uh, with my whole family. We had an amazing time. Uh, And then a couple like in January, friends like, hey, I want to go do this for my birthday. I want you to be my uh, native guide. And I went, well, shucks. Um, I guess I'll go. Um, <laughs> the first, right. Yeah. I still say you should have dressed up like a Navi and just going and gone in that loincloth all blue. But, you know. Mm, yeah. Uh, nobody wants to see that. Nobody yeah, wants to see didn't that. have the balls and everybody would have been able to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah no, we don't but, know if uh, the Navi have either. So right. <laughs> Just. Good point. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was real lucky to, to do both of those. The first time I went, I took part in the Sabak tournament, uh, which was fascinating because I'm very much more a spike player than I am a, uh, a shift player. Uh-huh. And, uh, 
the two are quite different. Yes. Quite different. And and uh, I still prefer Spike. I, I think there's a lot more strategy involved in Spike, a lot more luck involved in Shift. So Yeah, I, yeah, I, we I, don't I agree. We have a holographic table for Spike. So, you know. I know. I know. There's a, not yeah, not okay. yet. Someone in the group. All right. All right. Uh, Sabak League members, if you're listening. All right. And people who want to get into the Spock League, you know, just come on. Let, let's get, uh, you know, let, let's get the, the holographic table going. Let's get like a VR room going. You guys are smart. You know, get, get working on that. Get working on I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to call out Brian Anderson right now. Come on, Brian. You can because he's on the Halcyon right now. I know. That's true. <laughs> he'll hear it on this podcast later and he'll be like, oh, man. That's great. Right. Yeah. I, I uh, no, my my time on the house, you know, was it was pretty cool being there uh, during test cruises and then being there for opening day and in that first month, it, it was it was interesting. Uh, shame that I was not able to get my shift deck while there because at the time they weren't letting cast members purchase, and then when they did, they were real tight. Yeah, and then when they did, I was on medical leave, so I couldn't have gone in if I wanted to because I my my ID was locked out. Of all backstage locations. Yeah. Which well, really you know, Hyperspace Props has a uh, has a great deck. You know, if you yeah. they really do. Yep. Yeah. So they've got a, a great one. It's a lot In fact, usually for like demos and stuff like that at cons, we I use a shift deck because it's got the big numbers and stuff on it. Right. And theirs is is just as good, if not better, than the uh, the, the the Halcyon one. So well, uh, I'm, I'm going to give Mike and Emily the nod and say I think theirs is better because it doesn't. Delaminate as quickly. Yeah, the foil is great. You know, it's it's so fancy because it's got the foil. But then, you know, once you've gone to a con, you've played eight hundred hands of Sabak. It tends to yeah. wear down a little bit. Yeah, uh, I I will say that's the only downfall about the deck from the yeah. Star Cruiser Literally. is you know you could play two three hands and it starts to delaminate. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's I I was a little disappointed. Now, even though I still want the deck, uh, I was a little disappointed yeah. disappointed that the quality of the deck was less than what you get from from Spike on in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, and, yeah you know, think- and we've got people in the group that are like hard. They like they know what they want. They're like, is it linen? What's the you know like what's right. the count and you know all that stuff. And I'm like, I got cards. Um, right. Although I did bring like a um, a uh, lucky Silop deck on, and they were like, "Why don't you pull it out for photos?" And it was just a game of sixty-two pickup every single time you pull that deck out because you're like so you know so slippery. <laughs> right. You pick it up and hold it up, and you'd just be like you're a magician, like David Copperfield, and you're just flying all over the you know the cantina, <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, here I bought some pictures of us picking up some cards well, <laughs> for the hundred dollar photo fee." <laughs> yeah, we start playing here. Uh, with the Han Solo card game mm-hmm. from Hasbro, yep. uh, which I, I call my the my first Sabak deck. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I love that they have stuff in there. You know, yeah. like you can win blasters and you can win the the Falcon and stuff yep. like that. You know, that's that's something we we keep on trying to push uh, people to do. But everybody's like really focused on credits, and credits are easier. But I love that aspect of it. So when when I finally got my my Spike deck, it's like okay. There's more cards here. Cool. <laughs> Understandable. Then it's like face cards are where I'm struggling to remember which ones. Nine, ten. Yep. Jack, Queen, King. Yep. Okay. And, and so, so the the trick to the Galaxy's Edge deck, and it's, it's a weird trick. So they go numbered up one through six, right? Seven and eight have weird symbols. 
The trick is on the weird symbols, the eight, the pips, if you count around the star, equal eight. Okay. On the seven, they don't, they equal six. But on the eight, they, they equal it around. So you can kind of tell the two because if you count around and they don't equal what you think they should, they're definitely a seven. And then the queen, which we think of as Amidala, or sorry, um, yeah, yeah, Queen Amidala. Amidala. And then the king is the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And that's your 10. So the queen is a nine. The Mandalorian is a 10. I was that's saying how I got star of chaos as right. an yeah. old Warhammer player. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Star of chaos. And that, that anchors me on that. Yep. Yeah. Or we could go back to old, uh, old sci-fi slash fantasy series and everything else to look at the chaos star and everything. But yeah, that's, that's the only way I got through that deck for a long time. But Honestly, at this point, there's so many cool decks out there that give you much more visual cues that I I only bring out the, the Galaxy's Edge deck when I need to show I have an original Galaxy's Edge deck. Um, well, I think it's good yeah. because, you know, it's like it's an official deck, you yeah. know, and so and then the rules they have are, you know, effectively the official rules. So, you know, they don't include any sort of betting. So that's why we had to step in with, with our rules. We included betting, really heavy betting. For, you know, of, of credits, not money. All right. Maybe Tootsie no. Rolls or something like that. Um, but, you know, Children. we really want to have that, you know, because that's when, hmm. you, when you're a Star Wars fan, you think of Sabacc, you're thinking about winning stuff. You yeah. know, you got to pull in the pile, or droids right? or whatever. Yeah. So we want to make sure that that was an integral uh, portion of the uh, the Outer Rim Sabacc League. And that's the thing. Like, we have a whole set of rules. But you don't have to follow them. You know, you can do whatever you want, you know. We have our own official hand ranking, and then different cantinas have their own other hand rankings. Uh, We just put it out there. So if someone's going to host an official ORSL tournament or something, use these so everybody can kind of look back to them. But, you know, down in Florida, they've got their own ranking, right? And here, even in my own cantina, we'll say, well, it's a double pair. So that's going to be, you know, whatever. We we allow a lot of flexibility in that way. Um, though we've only, I, you know, we haven't hosted a big official like Galaxy tournament yet. But that way we've got to set when we do. Go with this. This is what you're going to go by. Everybody can look to it build off of that tweak it if you want it's all good Mm -hmm. and we have members who have gone through statistically the most likely hand you're going to find is going to be blah blah blah. and and that's cool and great but do they sound as cool as a yeehaw i don't know i mean a yeehaw (laughs) sounds pretty cool right um now was i i know i think i talked to you jeremy about uh, a smuggler's deck for mm-hmm. us here on Wookie Radio. What what would the process be to try and come up with that type of deck? Well, I think you can go about it in a couple different ways. Um, you know, you can um, come up with designs yourself and and print them out and do like a one off. Um, that's always kind of what I suggest when people are just like, I want a deck um, because the the most difficult part. Of, of creating our deck and we're still in the process of it. we don't have them in our hands yet is actually finding a manufacturer um, being able to do it at a reasonable price because uh, there's such a weird shape if they were if they were just normal playing card shape you could get them mass produced anywhere um, you know and uh, but because they're they're the hexagonal shape 
then usually that includes, you know, they have to have a, a special uh, cutting die and that includes, you know, uh, so you're talking, you know, it's thousands of dollars, you know, and most of these like mass producing places have a minimum order of say like 500 pieces, you know, and so that's what right. we've done. We found a manufacturer, you know, they got the, the die, we got the, you know, plus we got, and so as, as an artist, it's one of those things I'm like, I could design a deck. But I've got a lot of other things to do, and there's some other people that are really good at it. There's a guy in our group, Rick Scott, that uh, does help design our deck. And I just said, here's my ideas. Here's what we'd like. Worked back and forth until he got it just right. Sent that off to the manufacturer. You know, they got that that cleared. Uh, you know, we figured out, you know, the tuck box and, and the wrap and everything that we need. And they're like, oh, we've got extra cards. All right, well, let's have some cheat sheet cards that go in, you know, so that, you know, there's everything's in that deck. And then finally, once that's all, you know, set and, you know, money's just flying out of your pocket, you know, uh, <laughs> then, you know, you're, you're going, all right, let's hope we get that deck. <laughs> you know, right. and so we're we're at stage two where we've thrown out all the money and all the art. And, uh, you know, and now we're just waiting for that, that stage three where we have them in our hands. So, um, but then like hyperspace, you know, they have that direct connection. I know uh, Mike is fluent in Chinese, so that helps out a lot, you know, um, and he's already got those connections. And, and lots of times when you're talking with a company, that is already manufacturing. They're a little bit protective of, you know, their, their process. Um, and so it's really hard to, you know, talking to people like, Hey, could you do this too? And, and lots of times, you know, they're so busy with their own stuff. They don't have enough time to take up other things. But, but honestly, man, you know, it's like you can, if you go on to Etsy, there's shops that actually have the whole set already there and you just print them out and you cut them out and do it however you want. Um, and I bet you if you buy those those sets and it doesn't take too much, uh, some Photoshop tweaking or whatever to, to put your face on the back of it. instead of Wado, it's a little, hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want. Um, and that's the lowest cost way to do it. You know, if you don't want 500 decks sitting around your house, you know, so... It's like everything else, man. Right. You know, it's like you can have one or two and be super expensive, or you know, you can cut down the price and then just sit on sit on crates of them and hopefully you're just like, oh, God, I, there's got to be 500 people who need these deck. Come on, there's got to be five. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I mean, uh, right? It all comes down to audience, right? So uh, in our case, you know, we're betting on the fact that we've got you know 1,900, not 9,000, but 1,900 people <laughs> sitting out there like. You know what? I'm part of this group. I would love a deck that's tied to my group. Sure. Um, yeah. So there's, we're, we're banking on the fact that a quarter of our populace would like a deck, you know, and, and then, you know, they've got right. like, like they've got everybody's, you know, credits that have been put out. They've got, you know, they've got their own, they're making their own, you know, like someone comes up with a cool device. Oh, well, people want to buy that. So, you know, we've got people that are just, they're like credit gremlins that are, you know, that are, you know, they're just, they're the guys like, oh, you've got a new credit. <laughs> Give me more credit. Well, right. Or there's, <laughs> there's people like me who are like, oh, well, if I buy five decks, I can get four away. So when I'm, mm -hmm. if I ever get back on the house, yeah, and I'll be like, oh, hey, Wraith Cole, you would really love this deck of uh, smart cards or whatever, you know, so that's that's the hope. But if you're under that, the print at home is a great model. 
takes a little bit more effort, especially to make them, you know, flip and fold and, and go the way you want, but it's worth it. We just have to convince a crafty person just to have kind of like blanks and be able to like fill in the back and stuff like that and do one-off prints. You know, I think because a lot of people who like want a one-off deck, you know, if you could get it for say like 50 bucks, 80 bucks or whatever like that, you know, you, it's an investment, but you know, hey, you know, you've got yeah. your own Sabak deck, you know. So, all right, anyone listening out there, you know, you got a, you know, good design, set this up. Come on. People are just wanting to make money rain on you. See, I, Take their rain yeah. money. I, I know, yep. I know for me, I would love to do a, a deck that maybe there's only three of them out there because they're, or the three of us for Wookiee Radio. You know, and yeah. I have, you know, it, and it's the front of the card to stay just like the regular Galaxy's Edge spike deck. Mm-hmm. It, it's the back. I w- just, I want to customize more towards us. Yeah. And, and, and with us being smugglers, kind of give that smuggler vibe to, mm-hmm. to it. And, you know, instead of the, the normal leather bound case, maybe have something that looks almost aluminum or, or uh, mm-hmm. ammo cannish so to speak yep. right yeah one of the things that we make a lot well, of is uh sabat cases um you know and they start off as like the pelican case and we put in lights and stuff like that and there are people in the group that have been doing amazing things i think uh once again hyperspace props just came out with a hard case but what i was thinking so you know yeah, how they, they were coming out with like yeah. the uh like the jedi journals and stuff like that yeah. the little jedi book or the book of the sith and stuff and you could get like the deluxe one where you press a button and like it opens yep. up and it raises up and i'm like how cool would it be to keep a deck in there like chuck that book you know, and then have your deck in there, like, oh, you want to play Zabak? Then it's like all of a sudden, Walker's uh, playing and, <laughs> and, you know, like, you don't know what you've entered, young mortal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story that that's exactly what I took on the house with me the last time I had a. I had the uh, Smuggler's Deluxe Edition, and there was a bunch of credits, but then the top were some Sabak decks. So when we sat down the second night um, in the uh, Sublight Lounge, I dropped that out, and I went, gee, and I pulled out my Sabak deck, and people were like, what? What are we about to play? What are we doing? You're like, and then I lost hardcore, but, you know, you had that intro. (laughs) Right, right. I totally did, but it was worth it. Well, for for me, I'm not thinking... Pelican case. I'm thinking, you know, how you know you go out and buy some deck of cards now and they come in the in this tin can, you know, the tin mm-hmm. container that, that fits or the metal container that fits pretty much snug around that deck. Kind of want to mm-hmm. do something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of almost with I mean, the there, lunchbox there are... type clip. On it. <laughs> you pull up your return of the Jedi there, there lunchbox, are... you put it down, <laughs> you open it up. I keep my credits in the thermos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There are aluminum crafters out there who would do that in a minute. Like, they'd just be like, yeah, sure, I'll build that down for you. Totally. Yeah, you can get ammo boxes cheap, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Eric, you got anything else? Uh, Not at the moment. Okay. While, while, While you're thinking. Sounds like it's time for another game of Smuggler's Feud. Oh. Here's I'm the glad rules for Smuggler's I have Jeremy here. Unlike that old Earth Men show Family Feud, where one team goes until they get three strikes, we go back and forth trying to get a right answer. The first team to get three strikes loses. If both teams get three strikes in the same round, 
The team with the highest rank answer wins the tiebreak. If the cards completed with neither team getting three strikes, the highest rank answer wins. Thank you, J7. Finally <laughs> got the rules set set in stone there, Derek. Nice. Yeah, great. <laughs> so I have three cards in front of me, and I will let the gang from Outer Rim Sabak League pick card one, two, or three. Oh, tip to you, Jeremy. Um, let's go for two. Would that be from the left or from the right? You, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle. We're going for the middle. Two is the middle, right? <laughs> Alrighty. Seven answers on the board. Mm. Right. Name a Star Wars character who needs to have makeup. Whoa. That, does that include prosthetics? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but Darth Vader could really use some help there. Like, you take that mask off. A little bit of foundation. No, no, we're saying who needs makeup or who wears makeup. Name a Star Wars character (laughs) who needs to have makeup. Who needs to have makeup. You know, I I feel like the the easiest one, the lowest hanging fruit, is uh, Peli, Peli Moto. She at least needs eyebrows, if not makeup. Uh, no, oh, come on, let's go Darth Vader. It's the obvious number one. I'm, I'm just wondering how well the makeup would actually go on his helmet. Is it just a, you know? No, no. Well, that's a good point. Are we talking helmet off or helmet on? <laughs> I'm thinking helmet off. You're thinking right? helmet, helmet off? off. Yeah. He, he at least needs some like, back tracing or something ready? like that. What, what, what was that, Derek? So you got the Jeopardy music ready? No. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Let's let's go with Vader. Why not? Because then if we're it's wrong, then it's your fault. Mm. That's, that's fine. I mean, seven. That's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> Eric, over to you. I am going to go with uh, Papa Palpy himself, Emperor Palpatine. Oh my goodness! Yeah, of course. Number three. Mm. Only number three. Only number Ooh. three. Back to Outer Rim Sabacc. All right, it's all you, Jeremy. I, I, I'm still saying Pelly. Pelly, you know, Mo, um, Boba fresh out of the Sarlacc pit. Uh, let's see, what's it? Owado. You know, no, 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 wait. I remember when this game was made. It's pre. It's up to Force Awakens. Right? Yeah, up to Force Awakens. Yeah, up yeah, to Force yeah. Awakens. So, all right, all right. Um, oh, so it's not even Force Awakens. Okay. No, Force Awakens included. Oh, Force Awakens included? Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, Snoke, man. Oh. Mm. Ah! Two strikes. <laughs> you guys have some against Seth, I can tell. No, Palpatine was there. Yeah. Well, I mean, other Seth, I guess, right? You don't get more Seth than Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, or yeah. the clone, or you know, you get so many Palpatines. <laughs> so, Derek, back to you. I am going to say, um, Yoda. That's where I was going. Number six. Ooh-hoo. Yeah. Oh. oh. Number one still available. Oh. Right, we're still two available. strikes here, Stefan. <laughs> I um, know. I know. I mean, th- I kind of want to say the Sarlacc, but that might be a little extreme. I was, really I was just thinking the space slug, you know, because. Uh, you yeah, know, but are they characters? How, how do you define a character, right? 
I mean, Jar Jar is always a popular one to uh, try and redo. But of course, there's also the whole Nemorians with, uh, I don't know. Wait, how about a Gamorian? Oh, Gamorian guard? Lipstick on a pig, right? <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm they say for that. the Gamorian guard. Or oh, wait, or Jabba the Hutt himself. Jabba, go Jabba. Go yeah, Jabba. yeah, he's luscious. Let's go with Jabba. Number seven. Oh. We're on the board. We're on the board, seven. We're on the board. <laughs> Eric, back to you. Four answers left. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and go with uh, General Grievous. No face. No face for the makeup. Back to sure there is. Outer Rim Sabaki. He's got mm. eye bags. <laughs> All right, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there just because of the holiday special that maybe Chewbacca like See, lipstick on a Wookiee. I don't know if he needs seen. makeup as much as just like a nice bouffant. I feel like they don't have. <laughs> it's more yeah. hair care products, I think. Yeah, no, you, you raise a good point. We yeah. already know that Luke had a lot of makeup in Empire Strikes Back because of all the surgery. Um, and Cy Snoodles oh, already man. wore makeup. So there's that. Hmm. Max Rebo comes to mind, but I mean, I, I feel like Jeremy McCool really needs something to bring out his eyes if he has any. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure on that. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know if he has any to begin with. You know, and Kit, Kit looks good already. Kit Fisco just, he rocks the whole the whole squid look. Uh, oh, oh. Then Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar. Let's go, Akbar. Yeah, Akbar. Mm. Flip a table. Third strike. <laughs> Boom. Eric, chance to answer here for either glory or shame. <laughs> Even though Wookiee Wait Radio wins this round. <laughs> exactly. You could shoot Ken next week for bailing out because he had to work yeah. early tomorrow or stay late tonight, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go with. Um, I mean, this is a tough one because I don't know how how um, how left field it would go. Um, so I'm going to say. I mean, we've given you a bunch of gold already. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, how many did you get right? Doesn't matter. It's a, it's a spiritual one. victory, you know. It, it, the, if you I know, really, if I gold. really won, make yeah. them feel good. They got two right, but right? they didn't. But they didn't. What? But they didn't actually give the second right one as their guess. They did guess one of them. Mm-hmm. One of the four that are left. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Throw, and we're going to throw it out there because it should be said, Bib Fortuna. He's got all beasty and stuff like that. You know, Maybe a little contouring underneath his chin. Get rid of the second neck sack. I had thought of that. But here's right. the thing. Um, I've played this game <laughs> too many times. <laughs> enough to know that how, how, how it works. And uh, sometimes what we think might be the answer is not the answer. So I am trying to pick the most um, 
mainstream answer because um, that's how the game tends to, to. Or R2D to himself. Uh, 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 let's go with Jar Jar. Why not? Mm. I already won anyway. So number five, <laughs> Darth Maul. Uh, what? He had amazing makeup. He looked great. Well, those I guess oh. were technically tattoos. So maybe he just needs some, some concealer, uh, you know. Yeah, right. a, little, a little cheekbone highlighting there, yeah. I mean, it's very I mean, hard to get more defined on those cheekbones. It's someone who I makes Darth Maul mask and has painted a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. I was say, in the Clone Wars, like, he could attack people with those cheekbones. It was amazing. Well, maybe yeah. something for his, like, his pouty lips or something like that, really, you know. Yeah. Number four. And who's next? Number four, yeah. Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Oh, oh. How is that? What is it? Just like you're putting it on his nose and lips. I know, right? He's a clown at that point. Okay. Airbrush yeah, a little. Think of the holiday special. Like his, right? His wife had those bright red lips and everything. Like, doesn't make it right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. No. Number two, Princess Leia. Oh, what? what? She was a natural beauty. I'm going to throw down with whoever wrote these. Yeah, it's just uh, a ridiculous thing. more important things on our plate. Number one, right. which when you start to say, when you, when you were starting to with Pela, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to go here. And I almost wish you did. Padme Amidala. Mm. What? Who wore may- more makeup in any Star Wars movie <laughs> than Natalie Portman? I mean, good golly. Especially like, in the first one. All I'm going to say on Leia, listen. If space doesn't have underwear, they don't have makeup. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Like I said, you have to. That was a little too obvious than even I thought. But you have to think with this game. It's not like it's not based on Star Wars fans. It's based on what people common knowledge of Star Wars. So it's like if you dive, right. if you try to dive too deep into the game, then you're just gonna fail. Yeah, it, and the automatic it, assumption is that the women will need to wear makeup, right? There you right, go. Right, exactly. Well, oh, it, and ha- half the time the answers aren't even Star Wars related. So. Well, the the other this is another prime example too of like with Galaxy's Edge. You know, we've had, we've had this debate: is the sequel time timeline the wrong timeline for Galaxy's Edge? And now even Star Cruiser should it have been original trilogy or Mandoverse era. Because if you go out and ask random people, name five characters or name three characters from Star Wars, they're not going to be from the sequel trilogy. Well, I, mean, I think it depends a lot on the age range there. Yeah, yeah I know. do too. I, yeah. See, I don't think that's I think if you ask a lot of the younger kids, yeah. they're going to say a sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I, I will say it's wrong. Are, most of my yeah. employees are, are below the age of 30. And I would argue that they know Ray, Finn, Poe, BBA off the top of their head as quickly as they know Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're mm-hmm. of the age that the movies were targeted to. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, it would be an intre- it would be an interesting experiment to try. Yeah. Ask well, people. I mean, I think they're, they're name three Star Wars characters. Right. They, they seem to be kind of like you know merging timelines and stuff like that. We are here too. I, mean, I really like the original concept of it is that they're not trying to replicate a, you know Star Wars from a movie, but they're trying to allow you to have your own Star Wars. And, yes. you know, is is someone who likes to to dress up, but not necessarily cosplay. 
you know, because it's like, you know, Luke is awesome, but I don't want to be Luke. Whenever I get dressed up, I'm not I'm not Luke. I'm Star Wars Jeremy. And that, you know, because, you know, we come from like a LARP, you know, background, immersive entertainment and stuff like that. So you're always kind of like living in your own character, which is just a hyper extension of your personality. And I like that. I love what they, they did because, you know, it's like I'm not trying to be Ray. I'm not trying to be Luke. I'm right. not trying to be Anakin. I'm 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 Space Jeremy in uh you know in star wars and, and and stuff and and i mean as someone who runs like immersive experiences and you know it's like i try to do things where it's like if you explore you're rewarded you know and um you know it's like you'll find little hidden treasures little gems little activities but once you start running these events for the general public you realize that the general public hates to look for things um it's a special niche of people that want to go and explore all the little nooks and crannies. The average person, especially a Disney guest, wants to go into like, what's the big ride? What's the best thing to eat? All right, next, on the Slinky Dog. Come on, people, come on, people. We've got our right. Genie Plus, you know? Um, so everything they, they've done, like, you know, I could I could live in Galaxy's Edge and just, you know, fully enjoy the, the only thing I want more out of Galaxy's Edge is more aliens, more droids, right. you know? I think it, it needs yes, it, it lacks yeah. the kinetic you know energy that that say like uh, Future World has, and you know it's just like and it would be easy enough now that we've established through like VR games like who Mubo is, uh, you know like have little things like Doc Ondar's or like the Toy Darren Toy Maker you can see her silhouette. But have little things like that where right. it's like you can look in and see Mubo working on a droid at the droid depot. Right. Um, you know, maybe, you know, you can see like, uh, you know, uh, you know, Oga going by in a shadow. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a situation that's ripe for expanding. You, you hear and Cook yelling reason, in the background on their in the kitchen, just being like, nah. I I feel much like, you know, having done the uh, Star Cruiser twice, that the Star Cruiser is delivering what I expected out of Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. Right. I I get to talk to a roadie and I get to talk to Chewie. You know, there's there's these interactions, the one on ones, these experiences that I thought I would get with Galaxy's Edge. And I'm really excited to get it at, um, on the Star Cruiser, but I kind of want both of them. I want Galaxy's Edge to become that Star Cruiser feel. I want Star Cruiser to take it one more notch up, you know, just take me a little further. I want uh, some Eisner era synergy, you know, going on yeah. with, with Galaxy's Edge. Like I want, you know, the, like, you know, the Mando should be landing on, on Batu. you know, uh, Ahsoka should be, you know, on, you know, stopping in about it should be that, that thing that's like everybody kind of stops by and they have to deal with Doc Ondar or something like that. Just just the fact that we have all this like mainstream pipeline that's just ignoring this, you know, because let's face it, you put it in like one episode of Mando and now people are like, oh, holy crap, you know, now it's, it's connected and now you've got a reason to drive it that way. But since, you know, it's like, especially with like the High Republic and, and you know, even like the um, the Galaxy's Edge comic book where you're just watching, you know, it's like this huge span of time, you know, they should be playing with that, you know, and, you know, you 
every era can have visited there. And there can be, I mean, you know, it can be still sitting in its same timeline, but then have nods. You know, it's like, oh, you know, those, you know, those blasters are for one. Um, Anakin and Thrawn, you know, threw down in the cantina. You know, you know, the cantina. You know, and if you know, you know. And if you don't, you don't miss out, you know. Right. But yeah. Well, because- and there is a lot of that. But I, I would love, I would, there is nothing I've wanted more since I saw the first since I saw what is now called a new hope, than to see an Athorian just walk down the street, right? Mm-hmm. Mouths going on the side, hammerhead, proud and tall. I live for that day to just see that character walking down the street. That would be amazing. I mean, that's yeah. why I love the uh, you know Tales from the Galaxy's Edge VR. You know that's yep. it's that's a, a hoot of a game because you know you are dealing with Doc Ondar and stuff like that, and I'm like there needs to be more of this you know in real life and i there's a there's a lot we could spend hours talking about what they what i feel they could do to especially for like the star cruiser because i mean like you know seven i evangelicalize about the star cruiser like oh you want to go and you're still on these star wars groups where people like it's just an expensive hotel or you know there's all this just misinformation that they just don't know what it is and i think that disney's having a hard time saying this is what it is and I'm like, come on, guys, start the start the plot before they get on. You know, you sign up, you book, send out a video that's recruiting them for the resistance or the first order or, you know, you know, introduce you know, a guy, a concert or something like that. You know, immerse them before they get there right. so they understand what's expected of them when they get there. You know, I just so, I just think the time period is the wrong time period at the moment. I mean, for- us, for us, it is, but I don't think in for in general, I don't think it is. I, I think in general, it is too. I, yeah. I think since the popularity of the Mandoverse ha- has been there for everyone on Disney Plus, and that's been more brought to the limelight, is you know, with the yeah. shows, they could have done stuff that was still in the sequel era, but they didn't, mm-hmm. they went back. I, I think it's also timing, right? Like the Mandoverse became really cool about the same time as they were launching or just before they launched Star Cruiser. So they didn't know. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Star Cruiser 2.0 doesn't go between six and seven, because that's an amazing time period we don't have enough data about, right? There's not Mm -hmm. enough information. Except that we know that the Halcyon was there, right? Because we have Princess and Scoundrel. So I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if next version they go to that time period. I understand why they did it now to make Batu tie in everything else. Good news about Batu, they've already alluded to it before A New Hope because we know that Anakin and Thrawn were there. So well, even in Solo, they, they even in Solo mm-hmm. Star Wars story, L mm-hmm. L three mentions mentions it to Lando of Black Spire. If it wasn't right. for me, right. you wouldn't know yeah. how to get a Black Spire. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So that- they they can totally play with that, and I think that was smart that they've they've you know retconned a lot of this stuff. I think they had to go sequel for this first launch, but now they can go anywhere. So, yeah. and who knows what happens? You know, with the the new trilogy that they announced, with you know Ray reforming the Jedi Order. You know, it's as it's. I feel like it's, it's because we're kind of like old fogies. So you know, it's like the <laughs> the original trilogy is like that the base. You know, right. and then we judge everything off of that and where it is and stuff, you know, but it's, uh, you know, when they, they launched Galaxy's Edge and they had, you know, the, the sequel, it was a lot more open ended. 
you know, because you right. know, if you, even if you try to do it like in the original trilogy or stuff like that, you have all the legend stories that people are like, well, it wasn't this and it wasn't you know, the same same stuff you see people. Where's Mara right Jade? Now. Yeah, Mara Jade, where's this? And, you know, and they're going on and on. You're just like, you know, all right, you know, hey, we're making this stuff as we go. And we found that it seemed like they were really just kind of making it up as they go sometimes. But, you know, it was more open-ended, you know. Right. And, and then, you know, especially when you see like the blue sky things and all the ideas that they had and then, you know, stupid reality and budgets and stuff get in the way. And, and I'm just hoping that, you know, it's just the beginning of it. You know, I'd love to see them keep on building and doing more and stuff. So, but who knows? So before we go, I want to flip the tables and let y'all ask us a couple questions. Before you do, I just want to give you my answers. No, no, yes, possibly. There you go. Mm -hmm. And forty, and forty-two, and forty-two. Yeah, and forty-two. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, so Mike, um, working for the mouse is is uh, is the the Halcyon been the only Star Wars project that you've worked on? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only Star Wars project I've worked on, and I, at this point in time, it's for for that to be the only one, and with as big and whatnot, I I think that's a pretty pretty major notch to to have. Uh, oh yeah, you know Disney wide, you know Star Wars legacy, uh, Disney legacy, just entertainment legacy alone with the immersion. I mean, there's nothing like it anywhere out there. Um, no, it, not just Disney legacy. You're right; it's anywhere. There's- anywhere. So to, no to be, one can do what they did. So to be a part of a part of a project that you know historic in all count, you know minimum three different counts. Um, I've got a friend who used to work for Lucasfilm, um, was an extra in Attack of the Clones, and he was kind of jealous over the fact that I was had been a part of the opening of the Star Cruiser. Nice. I'm like, dude, I, I'm sorry, being in the films, I think more cool than he goes. Yeah, but no, you you are part of a Star Wars history and legacy that. No, not many people are going to be able to share, say that they were a part of mm-hmm. and figure probably less than 1% of the Disney cast members. I would, I would probably even say less than 0.5% Disney cast members here at Walt Disney World can claim that they were part of the launch crew of the Halcyon mm-hmm. and, and just everything involved. And it's just a, an amazing venture to be a part of. Nice. Yeah, it sounds cool. So I'm going to go a little more general, hopefully something Derek can answer too. But you know, we heard a lot of stuff drop at, at uh, Celebration. What are you most excited about in the next one to five years of Star Wars fandom? What's the thing you like, oh man, cannot wait, bring it to me now? Hmm. I'll let you answer first, Derek. I am, I guess I would say I am most intrigued to see the movie that ties up all the Mandoverse stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to see where, the, yeah. where that is going and where it's going to end up. I totally, I, I'm on board with that. With I mean, now that we know Thrawn was teased to Mando, we know Thrawn is going to be a major part of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. The allusion to Heir of the Empire. There's there's a lot of meat right there that could that could be an amazing capstone. I, I get that. While excited for Ahsoka and excited for the Mandoverse movie and even Skeleton Crew, which would be a tie-in that right. I'm because I have gotten so sucked into the timeline, I'm looking forward to the acolyte to see how that ties in with the 
the High Republic books and, and help bring the High Republic era to a close. I have to admit, I just haven't been able to get into the High Republic. I've tried it and tried it, and I just, I don't know. For some I, reason, I need to branch out to the books, but uh, the comics are wonderful. I really have been enjoying the uh, High Republic comic series. So. I, I would love to see, uh, supposedly the Nihil are are almost gone by the time phase three happens, you know, concludes, but I would, I would love to see the Nihil appear in the acolyte and somehow be a, a resurgence again. And it's, right. what, like and it's what helps, or- and it's what helps the acolyte or the Sith make their comeback. And it's the biggest, and it help lead towards like the night sisters and, and stuff like that. I, I feel like the, the night Hill are the Genosians that could have been right. Yeah. They're the, yeah. So, yeah. I wonder if they have any sort of connection to the Knights of Ren. The Night Hill? You know, the Night Hill, all about the helmets and everything like that, and, and right. stuff like that. And you got the Knights of Ren, all the helmets and stuff. And, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I saw the Night Hill as what Empress Ness group took as inspiration mm-hmm. for her stuff. Right. I feel the same way. I or feel their like stuff. the Knights of Ren. The Knights of Ren we see start to rise in aftermath, right? And it feels like they're very trying to be Vader, trying to research that feel. So uh, I, I, who knows? And to me, the Knights of Ren also, for me, kind of had not only the, the, the Sith aspect, but also a little bit of uh, Mandalorian Knights that we saw from yeah. uh, Knights of the Old Republic with, with, the, with, cool. the, Sith, with the Sith and the, the Mandalorian warriors. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they decided to merge those two legacies together. Aren't we lucky that we're living in a time where we get all this stuff? We get to be like, well, I might be interested in this or trying to connect it. You know, it's like way better than, say, like the 80s, which is just right. a barren wasteland of nothing. We have right. the dark times many times on this show. Oh, yeah. Post, post Empire, we got nothing for a long time. And even if you don't like everything happening right now, you can find something you like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and 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 that's you know one of the things I really love tying it all back to the Outer Rim Sabak League. Um, we just we try really hard to run a group that's not you know crushing anyone's mellow. Like, hey, dude, you're big into the sequels. That's cool. Let's play Sabak. You know, whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Just just do your thing. Have yep. fun with it. And uh, the biggest problem I have with Star Star Wars fandom is that Star Wars fandom beats up on Star Wars fandom. Just let it go, yeah. man. Just yep. Let's all just enjoy what we like about it. And if you don't like it, hey, cool. Cool for you. I'm going to do my thing over here. Mm-hmm. I, you know? I think one of the things that I've also been enjoying on um, the Outer Rim Sabak League page is the Mandalorian Solitaire. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's been man. coming up. Lot, and it's yeah. like, I just saw, uh, and I, I have it saved on my phone. I can't, I went, it was on the page here on my computer and I couldn't find it. So I'm just going to link it off the phone and email it to myself. Uh, but there was somebody who had a really good set of rules and I really liked how, yep. how they had it where instead of the cards being lined out in a row, they in, oh, encircled the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. The wheel. Yeah. And I really, I really dug that. It's like, okay, this is the version I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, what a great group we have. It's, yeah. it's astounding every day. And then there, there was a um, another version of Solitaire. I can't remember what it's called. It was one where you, you dealt out the cards and then you flipped your card and that was your base card. Uh, so you, you dealt yourself your first base card. So maybe it was a six. And then you go six, seven, eight, nine, ten, Jack, King, Queen. 
Ace, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. So, nice. um, I would love to try and create something like that. And by now. the way, what a what a cool thing you can do on the Halcyon in Galaxy's Edge. You can like literally sit down at a table and spread all this out. Someone's going to come up and say, "Hey, what are you doing?" And and nobody's going to give you a hard time. I, I suspect. I don't even think the cast members are because you're just you're doing your thing. And someone walks up and goes, "Whoa, it's that's what cool. you can say." I bought that deck over there. Mm-hmm. It's what's expected at Galaxy's Edge. Right. And right. I think and I think this is what makes Galaxy's Edge different than the competitors down the I mean, road with Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the interactive wands. Cool. The immersion isn't as close as it is with Galaxy's Edge. And my daughter loves both both worlds, mm-hmm. but she prefers Galaxy's Edge because of the interaction and the immersion that you get there as opposed to we expected at Wizarding World to be called a mudblood or a muggle or whatever. And we didn't get any of that. And right. it, it well, it, it was it's one of the, upsetting. It's one of the things I loved about being on the Halcyon. You know, you're walking around in uh costuming many of us following the rules whatever and and people just walk up like hey where can i find the the restroom or like which way to the resistance area and you're like well i don't work here but over there yeah you know mm-hmm. and 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 so many people like uh, last time i was there a friend of mine and i were getting pictures because we had the photo pass and this these uh this mother and daughter near us are like oh we thought you worked there and we're like no we don't and the the photographer's like, uh, the key is there's no name tag, right? And uh, they're like, wow, you guys look great. That was awesome. We're like, thanks. Well, we're on the house yet. You should check it out someday and everything. Of course, I, I just feel like Disney has done a really good job on GE of we all are happy to be there. We're all happy to tell you why we're there. And we're advertising as much for the mouse as the mouse is doing for itself, right? So it's it's cool thing. So whenever you can sit down and play... Uh, hand a sabak with some cast members and i know they can't take tips but when i push a bunch of you know fake credits across the table and oh these are for you they're all happy for it and i love that i love those moments you know just adding to the enjoyment of everyone there mm-hmm. yeah unfortunately unfortunately for me when i was on the ship yes i was out amongst the guests but never truly had the guest interaction uh being an entertainment technician because of constantly running the shows mm-hmm. um, <laughs> right right and and being involved there so we were there you would see us mm-hmm. you, and you know if i told you what costumes we wore you know you saw us mm-hmm. but you wouldn't realize exactly who yeah. we were well that's what makes it good right we were you there know, you're hitting that you're you know and that's I think that's when we say, you know, it's like you want to see more people, you know, more aliens and more droids and stuff like that. And that's, you know, you just want to see that world populated and more yeah. of the people in just, you know, Hawaiian shirts and shorts, you know, who are having a great time. But, you know, like um, you, you see the Rodian or, or, you know, anything walking down the, the road and you're just like, you know. Oh, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I know like the other day. Uh, when I, we were talking before show, I, I picked up a new saber, mm-hmm. or I scavenged a new, or salvaged a new saber from from docks. Mm-hmm. Um, walking out, I saw Marie Vadi or V Marie V Marati. My my dyslexia kicked in. Um, I always, whenever I see her, just to get her attention, Bye. I generally yell out, "Hey, magpie!" 
mm-hmm. everything clear right. because it's, it's one of her aliases, one of her call signs. Right. And, and it's right in one of the books. And a lot of, pe- and a lot of people are like, oh, what the hell? And all of a sudden there's the interaction. She's like, how do you know? I'm like, well, yeah. you must here's, here's my, here's, here's, you know, and then I go into my backstory, character backstory. Yeah. You know, I was on the ship. I worked with, you know, with Wraith and, and Sammy and, and Linka. You know, we would talk in the, in the galleys and, mm-hmm. you know, I would hear things. And of course, being a, a smuggler, you know, when I'm on planet, what can I do to help you know, the highest bidder? And the resistance has always been the highest bidder because really I don't want to do crap for the Supreme Supreme leader because well he's a whiny little brat <laughs> and, and, and and just you know greatest conversations that I, I get with him. and it's all because my best, call sign my, my best interaction uh last time i was on batu when i i did the second voyage a bunch of uh stormtroopers come up to us and at that point so i have like a massive blue streak through my hair as my character and uh i'm there on batu i'm wearing a best best vest and everything they're like, we're looking for a resistance uh, spy with blue hair and a tan vest. And I'm just like, oh, sorry, I have no idea who you're looking for. And one of the stormtroopers caught it in an instant. He's like, I've got my eye on you. And just the whole, you know, they got the right. pre-programmed or whatever. But it was mm-hmm. great because I totally knew he was talking about Vi. But right. <laughs> kind of circumvent that and turn it into our own interaction and they ran with it. The, the cast is amazing. Yep. Can't say enough about them. Such great people. Well, go check out Outer Rim Sabak League on Facebook. Let's get these numbers up. Let's get over 2,000 by the end of this month. At the end of right. May. At the end of May. So the next time I say 9,000, I'm closer. You know? <laughs> We're just calling the 1,900 pre-9,000. We have right. pre-9,000 members. And I will, I will say I actually enjoyed the Secret Santa that was yeah. done too oh. and i i was there was that one guy who came in like super late and was like how do i participate yeah i'm like dude just send me your address here and i will do something for you no big deal i had i had the, the capabilities of it and of course mm-hmm. you know stuff around here you know i i didn't get anything from the parks but you know i have i had specific things that i did pick up i'm like mm-hmm. um i think for um for most people i did the the tra- the book that's written by uh ben burt the traveler's guide mm-hmm. yep. right that's a good book um which i love and it, it all came about because of you derek when you showed me the book oh yeah <laughs> the the translation guide mm-hmm. which i could keep i keep a copy in my backpack at all times nice. and um i also sent uh i sent another book i don't remember what i sent at this stage well, i love the fact you you could you know you could put in your what you want but then a lot of people just got oh well it's cool that you say what you want but i'm gonna send you a cool sabak deck or a bunch <laughs> yeah. of yeah. you know well, like and everybody was all on on board for it we were all just in for the coolness of I'm getting Star Wars geekery, you know. And, um, and it's really just the connection, you know, the the connection with people. And you know, yeah. you might never talk to that person again, but it's just that, you know, it's it's Star Wars fans doing good for other Star Wars fans because it makes them feel good, you know. And that's I, that's really the, what the Sabak League's all about, right? The, the shame is I don't rem- I don't remember who sent what, but I do remember a couple of the gifts that I got because the the guy that came in late. That I also sent to mm-hmm. um, ended up sending me some, um, nice. but I got a little neoprene like round pouch lunch bag, lunch bag, yeah. 
that had nice, uh, yeah. droids on it, um, light up chopsticks, mm-hmm. uh, some jelly bellies, which were wonderful. Um, <laughs> a Millennium Falcon bottle opener keychain. Oh, nice. Um, there were a few other things I got because I, 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 I was with two different people and I don't remember what the other stuff was, but I enjoyed all of it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I've got so much collectible stuff. I don't remember completely, but mm-hmm. I love the concept and, I, and I'm looking forward to being a part of it again this year. Yeah. yeah because yeah. initially I was going to go, well, what can I get from the parks? Cause I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, no, I've got other things that tie in. Mm-hmm. Like who knows? Maybe next year the person will get the, the smuggler's handbook yeah, because right. being part of Wookie radio. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Smugglers is our theme. No. Maybe it's going to be the smuggler's handbook. Who knows? Well, and but. at the end of the day, as much as we all love to play Sabak, the thing that is the greatest surprise, I think, to both Jeremy and I is how cool this community is. Nobody's bashing what movies you do or don't like. Nobody's saying this character sucks. Everybody's saying like, hey, look at this cool thing I made or ooh, this is me and my friends in costume playing, you know, Sabak or whatever. Or- it's all, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We don't care. Just keep doing what you're doing. Hey, mm-hmm. check out this new card game. Yep. That right. we came up with out of Sabak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All this stuff. And, so, you know, we got a question. Someone's going to have an answer for you. You know, and we're going to be able to tell you, it's like, you know, oh, you want this? Go here. Don't go here. You know, oh, I know a guy who can make this. And, you know, so it's it's a it's a positive and supportive community. Um, and uh, and luckily, we really haven't had to work that hard right. to, uh, to maintain that. I feel it's just like, you know, that we got lucky with the, the first crop of people and they had the same mentality that we did. So it's just, you know, you're putting out that positive energy I, every once in a while. Someone comes in and starts throwing around negative energy and whoop, that's what uh, you I was going to say. I, I really I really haven't <laughs> seen a lot of a uh, lot of uh, talk of the franchise itself. It's been focused on gameplay. It's almost what I would expect from a a poker's or mm-hmm. a, a poker um, poker players Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hon- and, honestly, the franchise stuff that ends up happening is like, hey, did you catch this clip on the latest episode of Bad Batch? Mm-hmm. Right. That those yeah. those are the only franchise things we get to. Is like, does it relate to Sabak or your enjoyment of it? Eh, then maybe you shouldn't put it here if it doesn't. You know, kind of thing. So. Well, I, I will say I do play uh, the Pazak. I have mm-hmm. that app on my phone and on my iPad. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there. Somebody hurry up, please, and do Sabak with both Shift and Spike on it. And even Mandalorian Solitaire, where you yeah, can choose good app which game. Wonderful. That would be, right. I, be I turned Pazak, I turned, uh, I created I used the Pazak with a reg- couple of regular card decks, and I was having my friends play it um, who weren't big Star Wars fans, and they had no idea that they were playing a Star Wars game. Secret Star Wars! <laughs> yeah, Pazak. Pazak's interesting. It's it, just a game. Well, that and that there are decks out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I need to find myself a Pazak deck. As well. Yeah, I want to say Emily, Emily and Mike Merlin Models has a, a whole uh, mat and everything like that that you can get. Yeah. They do. So does Hyperspace. They have one that I have. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. So. so, well, thank you guys for joining us. It, it, hey, it was a, our pleasure to, to have you guys on. Uh, Derek, our you have pleasure any, to be here. Any final thoughts? Uh, nope. Uh, then J7, if you would, please. Gentlemen, sounds like there's only one thing left to be said.
Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!